Praise the Lord. Welcome to the official GVPC podcast. My name is Pastor Chris Keats. I am the pastor of Gila Valley Pentecostal Church in Safford, Arizona. We're so glad to have you here listening to this podcast. We pray that it richly blesses you. And God bless you. You can go ahead and be seated, Brother Chol. Um, I'm going to be reading some scripture. I've had something on my mind for a while, and this is a, a totally different message. I don't know if I'll call it a message or if I'll call it teaching or what I'll do. And it's going to be um, a little different in the way I'm going to be approaching things. I, uh, I, I, have, uh, I, I know that occasionally I need to do something like this, and so I'm going to do it tonight. Ephesians 2, we have been teaching on morning manna. We have been teaching on the book of Ephesians and not just a few weeks ago we covered this chapter, but it says this, uh, verse 1, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. And I'm going to try to move through this reasonably quickly because I have a lot of stuff here. Maybe not as much as I think if I just, if I don't stop and rabbit trail and wander around places for a while on each one. I might be able to get through it. He and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. Where in time past she walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversations in times past in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. This is what we were. This is what you used to be, amen. But God, who is rich in mercy, and I love, I love the insertion there of a merciful God, amen. For God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sin, has quick, quickened, hath quickened, us, quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and has raised us up together and made us to sit in it together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. And a scripture or a few scriptures here that are many times misinterpreted, misused, and abused, but are some of the most beautiful scriptures, I believe, of promise in the Bible. Amen. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and then out of yourself it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So we have an example of what we were, an example of what God did for us, an example of how he saved us, and what we have become and should be and should do. First Corinthians, First Corinthians, the uh, sixth chapter and the ninth verse says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. And this covers a whole gamut of stuff there. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, 
but you're washed, you're sanctified, you're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. Amen. It is a good thing occasionally to be reminded of who we are and what we are. Amen. Amen. The Bible speaks, tells us that we are dead. We were dead in trespasses and sins. That we walked according to the course of this world. And we were fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And, and, uh, and, and, and all kinds of terrible, terrible things. And the scripture says, and such were some of you. But you're washed and you're sanctified and you're justified and you're saved by grace. You're quickened by the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. And, and it's just a wonderful thing. And I think it is important that we understand who we are. Amen. And that's what I'm going to talk about. This is who we are. Uh, there's a lot of talk today about something called identity politics. Amen. And, and this group will say I'm this and that group will say I'm that. And, uh, and, and, you know, you can identify as whatever you want. But there's an identity in the spirit world. Amen. And there's really just about two of them. You're either on the side of the devil or you're on the side of God. Amen. You either identify with the things of God or you identify with the things of the world. Amen. There's not really a middle ground there. There's not a lot of gray in that area. God is actually quite the God of absolutes. I know that sometimes we find gray, but God's pretty absolute about a lot of things. Amen. In fact, God's pretty absolute about everything that really matters. Amen. There's one way to be saved. There's one way to live. There's one way to heaven. Amen. And there's, there's a lot of ways to hell, but there's only one way to heaven. Amen. And so... We, uh, I think it's important that we understand what we were, first of all, we understand where we came from, who we are now, and where we are going. Amen. If we can get that stuff straight in our mind, uh, it'll make a lot of difference. Amen. Understand that we were brought out of a horrible pit. David made the statement, he brought me out of the miry clay. He brought me out of a horrible pit. He set my feet upon the rock. Amen. He established my going. Amen. And we understand that, that we were dug from the depths of sin uh, through no worthiness. You need to get this in your mind and in your heart. Through no worthiness or goodness of our own, but by the mercy of God, we now sit, the scripture says, in heavenly places. You did not attain that heavenly place when we're in the presence of God. You did not attain that because you're a good person. You attained that because the grace and the mercy of God. Amen. Amen. Let me say this very clearly as I continue on. As blood bought, redeemed, Holy Ghost filled, saints of the living God, we need to remember that we are blood bought, redeemed, Holy Ghost filled, saints of the living God. And I'm going to tell you all something. Redeemed, blood bought, Holy Ghost filled, saints of the living God have no business dipping their toe in the putrid sewer of this world. Hallelujah, hallelujah. This is who we are. Amen. Number one, I want to say this. We're oneness. We believe there's one God. Amen. Amen. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. 
Amen. We don't believe it because we've concocted some kind of idea in our mind, but because thus saith the word of God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And the word, it says a few verses later, was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Paul wrote, amen, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. For in him, uh, talking about Jesus, uh, dwelleth the fullness uh, of the Godhead bodily. Amen. Where's he, where's, 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 where's Azariah? Is he around somewhere? If you want to come quote a verse, Azariah, He don't want to, does he? Amen. You just got to start him out. Amen. For without controversy. Amen. Great is the mystery of godliness. For God was manifest. God was manifest in the flesh. Justified in the spirit. Seen of angels. Preached unto the Gentiles. Believed on in the world and received up into glory. Amen, amen. We are oneness. We're apostolic. A lot of people don't understand what apostolic means, but it means that we believe. The Bible says, Beloved, when I gave you all diligence to write unto you the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Amen. We believe what the apostles believe. We preach what the apostles preach. Amen. Peter, or Paul, excuse me, in 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, said, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the God gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, uh, at which wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved. If ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye believed in vain, for I delivered unto you, amen, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, uh, according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. Uh, when we say we're apostolic. We believe in the same God the apostle believes in, believed in. We preach the same gospel the apostles preach. Amen. We preach the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Amen. That Peter preached, amen, in practice of the day of Pentecost when he said, he, then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. We're apostolic. We believe the apostles' doctrine. We're Pentecostal. A lot of people don't like to use the word Pentecostal anymore. Amen. Because a lot of people use the word Pentecostal. Amen. We're Pentecostal. We like to say we're apostolic in doctrine. We're a Pentecostal experience. Amen. Up on the or will be when we get the signage up, amen, will be a sign that says Gila Valley Pentecostal Church. Yeah. Somebody asked me, why did you name, why did you guys name it Gila Valley Pentecostal Church? Because we live in the Gila Valley. We are Pentecostal and we are the church. Amen. So I think it pretty well is descriptive, but we're, 
Pentecostal. What does that mean? It means that we still experience the experience that was experienced on the day of Pentecost. It was experienced in the 8th chapter of Acts in Samaria. It was experienced at Cornelius' house in the 10th chapter of Acts. It was experienced in the 19th chapter of Acts. Amen. And it is a promise, the Bible says, that is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And what was that experience? When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord and one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon every one of each upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them a trust. We're Pentecostal. Amen. Amen. I'm happy to be Pentecostal. I'm happy to be apostolic. And I, I want to make something clear before I move on to the next part, which is much more interesting, of course. Not really. Amen. But it is. It, uh, I want to make this clear. None of this is a boast. Amen. None of this is because we're proud. Of it. None of this because we think we are something great. Amen. I have unfortunately uh, come in contact with churches, both apostolic and not apostolic, that have come to a point that they think they are all of that and something else more. Amen. I've come into contact with churches. Amen. That they look down their nose at you and they hold their nose so high that if a sudden rainstorm caught them, they would drown to death. Amen. I've seen people. I got to watch out. I don't get off on a tangent. But I've seen people walk into a restaurant. Amen. And they're so good that you can't do good enough for them. Amen. I've seen, I've known of churches or areas or, or restaurants and stores where people said we don't want to serve those people because they're the hardest people in the world to serve. I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm a passive guy. I, I'm a gentle man. Amen. I'm a nice guy. I, I've, I don't get in fights. Amen. I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't even get with my, fighting my wife. I would probably, with my wife, I'd probably lose. Amen. I, I, I'm just a nice guy, but I'll tell you something right now. If I hear of somebody treating people bad, I might just jack slap you upside the head. God, help us. I want this church, this body in this town to be known as the friendliest, the kindest, generous people in the world. I, they might say they, weird, they look weird, they act weird, they talk weird, they dress weird, but they sure do love people. Amen. Amen. Might be a little hyperbole there, here and there, but uh, amen. If you don't know what hyperbole is, Google it. Amen. <laughs> praise God. Praise God. But you know what? We need to be good to folks. 
Because that is who we are. We need to love people because that is who we are. We need to love souls because that is who we are. We need to treat the clerk at the store, the the uh, the, the the waitress and the waiter at the, the I don't care who they are because that's who we are. Oh, I know I shouldn't get off on this. You know what? I learned I learned something from people every now and then. I would I would ride around with my nephew. We all know Jake Foster. He's a heathen. No, Jake's a great kid. Great young man, good preacher, wonderful guy. But he, he, he had this habit. And his habit was everywhere he went. He said he would end the conversation. He would take the food from the person that in and out or jack in the box and say, God bless you. And I thought, you know what? I can learn something from my nephew. So I have got in the habit of everywhere I go, when I see people, I end it with, God bless. And sometimes they look at me. Sometimes they say, God bless you too. Many times they say, thank you. Amen. Sometimes they look like, at me like I've lost my mind. I don't care. I say, God bless. Wouldn't it be a great thing if we just did that? Amen. Amen. You shorted me $20 on that deal, but God bless you anyway. Amen. Yes, you did back your car into mine. God bless you. Bless your heart. <laughs> but you walk up, and, and I've, I found this out. I, for one thing, let me tell you what it's done. Lord, help me. I need to move along, Sister Keith. Let me tell you what it's done. It's changed me. It's changed me because it's changed my attitude about people. God bless. God bless. God bless. Now, God's going to bless or God's not going to bless, but I'm going to say God bless. Amen. I'm not saying God speed. <laughs> I'm saying God bless. Amen. But, uh, and so it's just, it's just something that, and you'd be surprised at how, how, Icy things might get thought out. Amen. And so we are Pentecostal. We're kind people. We are good people. And we are, oh, goodness sakes alive, we are holiness people. Amen. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Ephesians 4 and 21 says, If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him, which no man shall see the Lord, or, or that, taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Uh, he wrote uh, in Ephesians, he went on and say this and that, ye put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. First Thessalonians 4 and 7 says this, For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto Holiness. Second uh, Corinthians seven one. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves uh, from all filthiness uh, of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness uh, in the fear of God. Uh, this 
is who we are. We are a people who knows that the Word of God and by the Word of God that we must cleanse ourselves from the filthiness of the flesh and the Spirit. Amen. We know that when we walk in the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. John said this in 1 John, and I'm just moving along 1 and 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light. We have fellowship with one another. Here's the thing. You walk in the light as he is in the light. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Peter said this in 1 Peter 2 and 11. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust which war against the soul. Now I want you to understand something about that scripture. There is a direct correlation between the outside and the inside. It said fleshly lust that war against the soul. Outside stimuli, outside temptation, outside things that are attacking the inside. Amen. This is who we are. We're a people that have an understanding that walking in the light means living in the light and not just talking the talk, but walking the walk. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of churches that say they're holy, but you could get cadres of detectives and forensic investigators and not find a single piece of evidence for it. Amen. Well, we're inside. Well, we can't tell. It's inside our holiness. Holiness is not legalism. True holiness is not legalism. A lot of people like to talk about holy people and say, you're legalistic. It's not legalism. Some people who dress and act holy are legalistic. Amen. Some people who don't dress and act holy are legalistic. Legalism is, a, is not a respecter of folks. It'll infect anybody and everything. Amen. That's whenever you are living by a set of rules or by a set of th uh, criteria and concepts and philosophies that you think are going to win your way to God. You can take a pair of people who think they're going to buy their way into heaven. There are people that are gonna think they're going to do good works uh, and make their way into heaven. It's all legalism. Amen. Amen. It's all legalism. Amen. But, he, but holiness, true holiness, shows in every aspect of our life. It starts on the inside, and then it begins to manifest itself on the outside. It shows in how, and I've talked about this, how we treat folks. It shows in our love for God. It shows in our love for one another. It shows in our love for souls. Amen. It shows in our walk, in our talk, in our dress, our behavior, our outlook, our worldview. I, I try to stay away from politics, and I, I promise you I'm not going to get into politics. But there needs to be a worldview of holiness people. We do not condone the murder of innocence. Amen. Or the sacrifice of children at the altars of abortion, perversity, pornography, transgenderism, and homosexuality. And no time will the church, the true church, ever accept that stuff. 
Amen. Amen. I'm telling you right now, I don't care if the whole world does it. And the whole world is doing it. The church, the blood-bought, the redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, the apostolic, the real apostolic, the real Pentecostal, the real Jesus name, the real Holy Ghost filled church of the of Almighty God will never accept or condone that. We'll love them. We'll love them until Jesus comes. We'll do everything we can to see them saved. Amen. But it is something that we'll never accept. Amen. Something else we are not, we're not people who partake. This is what the church is not, one of the things the church is not. We are not people that partake in the filth of Hollywood and the perversion of the entertainment industry. Amen. Amen. The trash of this thing, and I don't look at any of this chunk, but the trash of, I think it was the Grammys, the demonic stuff that, that one certain individual and the pornographic stuff that one certain person is pushing out there and, and the demonic spirits that are pervasive in the music industry today and the violence and the filth of the gaming industry. That is not who we are. Paul wrote, what concord hath Christ with Belial or what poor? I'm going to tell you what, God has been dealing with me for a long time to preach this message. Amen. To this church. And maybe I should preach it on a Sunday. I don't know. And it's not, it, it, and, and you don't understand your pastor. He, he would prefer, I've thought, maybe I'll just get somebody else to come in and preach it. <laughs> Amen. And uh, he, he would prefer sometimes not to do this. And I sat out there praying before I came in. And I said, God, you've got to help me today because he's been on me to preach this. But I've feel something down deep in my soul. This is who we are. Church, we need to stand for what is right. Amen. What agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be as separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Nobody likes to talk about separation nowadays. Amen. But Paul did, because this is who we are. We're holiness. Apostolic should be distinctive. Paul wrote this. He wrote this to Titus. He said, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Oh, there's a lot of preaching in that scripture. Amen. And Peter said this in 1 Peter 2 9, but ye are chosen generation, a royal priesthood, holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should sow forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We've been redeemed from iniquity. Peculiar means we are a peculiar treasure. We are a, a, a we are owned by God. Amen. And by God alone. We are his alone. That's what it means. It's, it means we're, it doesn't mean we're weird. 
Amen. It means we are owned by God. We are peculiar to him. Amen. We are not anybody else's. God is a jealous God. Amen. Amen. We are a holy nation. We're chosen uh, generation. We're royal priesthood. Apostolics are distinctive. We act different. We don't go to the same places the world goes. We don't go to the nightclubs, to the dances, to the bars, and those ceremonies that promote occultism. Amen? Amen. We don't listen to the same music. We don't view the same content. We don't partake in the same pleasures. The world wallows in the slop of this evil society. They worship at the altar of series. Brother, brother uh, Nate and I were talking about some of it. There's things I've read about. I've never seen a single one of these things. Uh, but there's these shows uh, that, that you can't you can't help but notice the huge popularity of such things as the Game of Thrones and the boys and Yellowstone and the House of the Dragon. I'm sure there's a whole lot more, and even the milder ones are filled with junk. And, and what I ought to do right now is read you the parent's guide description of them, but I would be ashamed of myself if I read it here. It's like, it's mind-blowing sometimes how things happen. Recently, parents have been walking into school boards, and they've been pulling out books that have been put into school libraries, and they'll say, I'll read this to you. And they'll start reading this stuff, and they know what it is. It's as pornographic as anything you can imagine. They're showing the pictures, and the school board says, stop, stop, you can't do that here. What do you mean you can't do that here? You're putting in the libraries for our kids to read. Have you lost your ever-loving mind? Amen. And if I reached in, I began to pull up, and I've pulled them up. It's called, uh, I think it's I am some D, some, anyway, I'm not, I don't know what it is, but it's this deal where you can find a parent's guides and ratings on these things. I pulled it up on these things. And I looked at it, and it went down through. And it would say, sex and nudity, severe. And then it would describe big, you know, a rap sheet. And I'd just move on. How about violence? Severe. Amen. How about, how about profanity? There's 675 F-bombs. And I have seen on Facebook... Christian people, apostolic people, talk about how neat it is. That's not who we are. Oh, God, help us. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. This is who we are. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, Philippians 4 and 8 uh, Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Well, glory, it's about 8.30, but I'm not done yet. Amen. Let me tell you who we are. We're people that dress holy. We're people that dress holy. Maybe we don't like to talk about that sometimes. 
But we're people that dress holy because the Bible tells us to be holy. 1 Timothy 2 and 8 says, I will therefore, and I, I'm going to teach on all of this stuff one day soon, okay? I'm gonna, I've been teaching a little bit, and I, I've stopped, and, 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 and then I'll teach a little more, and, and uh, I, I'm going to be teaching into, in more depth, and I'll be dealing with a lot more stuff. But I'm just going to cover some things about what we are tonight. So forgive me if you don't understand everything. I'll, I'll get into it as time goes on. Um, I, if I tried to teach an in-depth Bible study here on all of these things that I'm going to talk about for just a few moments here that I'm just going to scan over. You would have to go get some sleeping bags, uh, camp out on the floor, and we'd be here for the next couple of days. Amen. You'd probably fall asleep like the young man with Paul, and then that would you wouldn't hear what was being said. Amen. And like, and therefore, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without doubt, wrath and doubt, wrath and doubting. In like manner also, the women adorn themselves in modest apparel, with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broidered hair or gold or pearls or costly array. Amen. And again, I'm not going to go into all of the depth of that. I'm not going to go through every little bit of it. But there's some things here. First of all, who we are. We are a people who are modesty. Amen. Amen. It is not proper. Amen. It is not seemly. And that word modest uh, means seemly. It is not Seemly, which means proper and decent, that a man or a woman should dress in apparel that is ungodly, that is tight, form-fitting, or exposes part of the body that is not intended for the general public. My Lord, have mercy. I see men, husbands and wives walking around, and that woman... I'm just not going there. But I, I, I'm surprised that that husband is not dealing with jealousy every minute of the day. Amen. Amen. Ladies and men, your body ain't for anybody but your spouse. It ain't to flaunt around the countryside so every Tom, Dick, and Harry can gaze upon it. That's not modest. The world might dress like street walkers and exotic dancers, but that's not who we are. And if you think that only applies to the lady, Paul said, in like manner. Amen. We're not of this world. We may live in this world, but our kingdom is not of this world. Amen. This and, and who we are. We are people that does not adorn themselves uh, with the artificial accoutrements uh, of jewelry and, and tiring of the face uh, like Jezebel. Amen. But godly ladies uh, adorn themselves with shamefacedness uh, and sobriety. And as Peter says, whose adorning, let it not be that of outward adorning, of plating the hair, of wearing of gold, or putting out of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, and that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of the meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God, a great price. I'll tell you something else we're not. And I know kind of quiet now. It's a whole lot easier to shout and run and jump and all that. We don't do any running or jumping. A whole lot easier to talk, get excited when we're talking about Jesus' name, baptism. It's a whole lot easier to get excited when we're talking, amen, about all those people out there who are really bad folks. 
Amen. But whenever we begin to talk about holiness, sometimes it's like, ooh, I better, mm. well, I'll tell you what, that's all right. Because while you're quiet, do a little examining of yourself. Amen. I'm going to tell you, I'll tell you what, we are not, we are not as those that blur the gender, genders until you can't tell what it is. Amen. It started in the 20s. Brother Harvey probably remembers, well, maybe he doesn't. <laughs> There's only one person in this church who was in the 20s. Sister Savali was born in 1929. Amen. She was born, and a few months later, they had the Great Depression. <laughs> I don't know if there's a connection or not. No, I know better. Amen. But, but uh, back in the 20s, they began to bob their hair and ladies put trousers on and all that stuff. And things began to change. Amen. And Paul made it very clear about hair. I preached on it not too long ago. Doth not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it is a shame unto him. But if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her, for it is given her for a covering. And dress, amen, it's got to the place that you can't tell what is what, amen. The mixing of men and women's dress has become so commonplace, amen, until the other, not too long ago, Brad Pitt went to an award ceremony, if you know who he is, in a skirt. And there's some dude, I don't know who he is, but he's as, he's nutty as a fruitcake and fruity as, anyway. And he goes in these big dresses to all kinds of things. And I asked the church one time, would you feel all right, amen, if pastor came to church in a frilly dress sometime? I'm glad to hear that. I'm going to tell you all something right now. I've seen some fellas who have decided they're women. And they're ugly as a booger on a dried fence, on a mud fence. I'd be uglier than them. <laughs> I look at some of them guys. There's an admiral. They say it's the first woman admiral. Ain't the first woman admiral. It's the first freak of an admiral. I need to get off of this right now. Amen. We're not a church that believes in cross-dressing for men or women. That's not who we are. Deuteronomy 22 and 5, people are going to say this Old Testament. Amen. That the woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man, neither shall a man put on a woman's garment, for all that do so are an abomination unto the Lord thy God. And I could teach on the abomination part, but I'm going to say this, that when you say, well, that's the Old Testament, you need to understand that it was from the Old Testament that the New Testament writers, uh, amen, got their inspiration for their teaching on holiness. Paul taught holiness with this scripture and with this as inspiration. For after this manner in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves. He said, I must tell you how they did it back then. Amen. He looked at the word and that's the way they did it. We're not giving in to the pervasive, per, perverseness of genderless identity dresser actions. That's not who we are. 
Oh, Pastor, why are you preaching this? Because God put it on my heart. Amen. Jesus said this, but from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. There's two genders, folks. I don't care if they say there's 5,672 or 1,543. There's two genders. There's male and there's female. That's all there is. But you're not being compassionate. Oh, yes, I am. Oh, Brother Nate, give me the scripture. It's better than secret love. <laughs> Amen. And sometimes we, we want to love them. And I believe in that. And you know I do. You know what you know that Pastor loves people. I love people. I, I, I don't ever want to hurt anybody. But I also know that the word of God needs to be preached. And the truth of God needs to be preached. Speak the truth in love, the Bible says. Amen. But the word of God needs to be preached. It needs to be preached. It needs to be preached. And this church needs to stand for what is right until Jesus comes. Hallelujah. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. The apostolic church and the church of the living God. Men are men and women are women. Amen. Men need to talk like men, act like men, walk like men, and dress like men. Women need to talk like ladies, act like ladies, walk like ladies, and dress like ladies. Amen. That doesn't just mean in the church service, but that means everywhere because you are the church. Amen. I don't have time to, I don't have time to cover every subject, and I'm going to finish right now. And like, oh, thank God. Pastor's almost done with this. I'm going to finish here. Amen. Let me say this before I continue on. I love this church and every single one of you that are here. And if what I have said has, has been, has, has stepped on your toes or, or, or not made you feel good, I'm sorry that it made you feel that way. That's a, that's a backhanded apology if I've ever heard one. <laughs> I love those apologies. I'm sorry you feel that way. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever heard that? Amen. I'm hurt. Well, I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm hurt because you hurt. Anyway, we'll get off of that. It's just funny. I get a, I get a kick out of it. But, but I, I'm sorry. Uh, no, 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 no. I take it back. I'm not sorry that you feel that way. I pray that you feel that way and God can work with you. That's what I want. But I love you with everything. I love this church like I have never loved anything in my life. Amen. God bless you. God help you. God, God give you the strength to walk in truth and righteousness. Hallelujah. God give you. I could go into a lot of other things. I could go into we're a giving church. I probably should have done that. We're a generous, generous church. We're a giving church. Amen. We understand, and I won't. I'll just teach on that one day. But we're a generous church. Amen. We give because God has given so much to us. I talked about the treasure principle. We need to understand this. Here I go. We need to understand this. Amen. There's a couple of things of the treasure principle I've talked about. Number one is everything is God's. He doesn't give it to us. He lets us use it. He doesn't increase our standard of living to or he doesn't increase our wealth to increase our standard of living, but to increase our standard of giving. Yeah. 
Oh, God is so good, he's blessed us. But I'm not going to go into that because I could go a long time on that one. Amen. But I've said we need to understand where we came from, what God has done for us, who we are, and where we're going. And I'm going to close with this. This world is not my home. Anybody ever heard the song? I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up. Somewhere beyond the blue. Hebrews said this, these all died in faith, having not received the promise, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. And Peter says, we're strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Amen. This is who we are. We're a people that is looking for the soon coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul wrote this in Titus 2 and 13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Let me say this in closing. Just stand with me. We're, we're going we're to be dismissing in just a moment. But I want to say this in, in closing. If we can get our minds set on the idea that Jesus is coming back for his church. If we can get our mind if we can get our mind off of all the things of the world and all of the, the, the temptations of the world, all of the, the pleasures of the world, and begin to realize that Jesus is coming back for his church. And even if I die, I'm going to, be go, I'm going to go to be with the Lord. And all of this stuff isn't going to matter. It's going to burn up with the fiery heat. If we can get that in our mind, and sometimes it's hard to do because it's... I, Ideally, that's what it should be. But reality is we live our life. And, and we have to live in the real world. I need a car to drive. I need a four-wheel drive. Well, maybe I don't need a four-wheel drive. But I need a car to drive. I need a house to live in. I need food. Maybe not as much as I got, but I need food on my table. I need clothes to wear and utilities and I need money to live and I need all of that kind of stuff. But if we can get it in our mind and begin to understand something, all of that's going to pass away. It's all going to pass away. It's all going to pass away. All the things that we find so important, all the things that we love, all the, the toys and things. Amen. And I would love to have more toys because I'm a guy and guys like toys. Amen. But it's all going to pass away. It's all going to pass away. None of it really matters. But what really matters uh, is someday I'm going to stand before the Lord. Uh, I'm going to stand before the Lord. Uh, amen. And if I could get that in my mind and get that in my spirit, living righteous uh, is not hard at all. Oh, you know what? All of this stuff doesn't really matter because when I stand before the Lord, I want to hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Oh, let's love the Lord right now. We worship you, Lord. God, we magnify you, Jesus. We magnify you, Jesus. We magnify you, Lord. We bless you. Lord, 